Welcome to Current Radio's Sports Station. Please enjoy today's selection of sports news. Switching gears to a very serious story out of Las Vegas, Helena. A former NBA G League player, Chance Comanche, is in custody, accused of a chilling crime. That's right, Stephen. According to court records, Comanche allegedly confessed to the murder of 23-year-old Morena Rogers. Her remains were found earlier this month near Las Vegas. Comanche was taken into custody in Sacramento, California, where he detailed the alleged murder to Las Vegas detectives. His attorney, Michael Goldstein, has declined to comment on the substance of any statements made to law enforcement. Comanche, who is currently being held without bond, appeared in a Sacramento County court and agreed not to resist his transfer in custody to Nevada. There, he will face murder and conspiracy to commit murder charges. That's right, Helena. And it's not just Comanche facing charges. His former girlfriend, Sakari Harnden, is also implicated in Rogers' death. She is currently held without bond in a Las Vegas jail. This case is particularly disturbing, Stephen. Rogers, a medical assistant from Washington State, was reported missing on December 7th during a trip to Las Vegas. Her remains were later found in the Vegas suburb of Henderson. According to the police affidavit, Comanche and Harnden allegedly worked together to strangle Rogers in the early hours of December 6th. The police say that both Harnden and Rogers were sex workers and there was an ongoing dispute between them over an expensive watch, yes. The affidavit details a plot where Comanche would pose as a customer, tie Rogers' hands, and then both he and Harnden would strangle her. It's a truly horrific scenario. Indeed. And after the alleged murder, Comanche and Harnden are said to have left Rogers' body in a ditch by the side of a road. It's a shocking turn of events for Comanche, who had been playing for the Stockton Kings, the NBA G League affiliate of the Sacramento Kings. Absolutely, Stephen. Just before his arrest, Comanche had been averaging 14 points and seven rebounds in 13 games. He played college basketball at the University of Arizona and even declared for the NBA draft, but went undrafted. Comanche then signed a free agent contract with the Portland Trail Blazers in April, played only one game, and was waived by Sacramento in October. He then joined Stockton, but now he's facing very serious charges that could drastically alter his future. From the courtrooms to the football pitch, let's shift our focus to a different kind of drama. This time, it's all about the energy in the stands rather than the actions of the players. A certain Premier League manager has some strong words for fans ahead of a crucial match. Let's find out more. Switching gears to football, Jurgen Klopp, Liverpool's manager, had quite a message for the fans ahead of the Premier League match with Arsenal this coming Saturday. That's right, Stephen. Klopp's rallying cry was, we need Anfield on their toes. This plea comes after Liverpool's tremendous 5-1 win over West Ham United in the Carabao Cup quarterfinals. Indeed, Helena. But Klopp seemed to question the level of enthusiasm from the fans during the match, didn't he? He did. Despite the team's exceptional performance, Klopp expressed that he wasn't overly happy with the atmosphere. He even asked, what do you want? Right. He seems to be imploring fans to get more involved, especially considering their dominance in the match. And let's not forget the standout performances from Curtis Jones, Dominic Soboslai, Cody Gakpo, and Mohamed Salah, of course. But it's interesting to note that Liverpool were also coming off a goalless draw against Manchester United, 
which Klopp admits might have affected the crowd's attitude. Certainly. Klopp even joked about the fans' reaction to the United match, saying, oh, sorry that we didn't smash them. But he was clear about the need for fan support against Arsenal. Absolutely, Stephen. Klopp emphasized, we need Anfield on their toes from the first second. And if fans aren't in the right shape, he suggested they pass their tickets to someone else. Quite a statement there. Now, the win against West Ham puts Liverpool in the League Cup semi-finals for a record 19th time, setting up a match against Fulham. Chelsea will play Middlesbrough in the other semi-final. Yes, and the final is set for February 25th at Wembley Stadium. Anfield fans are keen to see their team there, even chanting Wembley in the final minutes on Wednesday. With the amount of football Liverpool is set to play in the coming weeks, Klopp suggested that perhaps the Anfield faithful were just warming up for the festive season. And if that's the case, Klopp seems to be okay with it. As long as they bring the heat on Saturday, he's happy. From the fever pitch of Premier League football, we now turn our attention across the Atlantic to another kind of court. This time, we're diving into the high-intensity world of college basketball, specifically the Big East Conference. The dynamics here are just as thrilling, and the competition is fierce. Let's get into it. So, Helena, let's talk about the Big East Conference. It's been a bit of a wild ride for the teams, hasn't it? Oh, absolutely, Stephen. Teams often do well in non-conference play, but once they hit the league action, the dynamics change. Just look at what happened to Marquette against Providence, and then Seton Hall's big win over UConn. Right. Seton Hall really pulled off a stunner there, beating UConn 75-60. That's their biggest victory in three years. UConn's coach, Danny Hurley, seemed quite taken aback. He did, indeed. He credited Seton Hall and their coach, Shaheen Holloway, for their performance. But he also expressed disappointment in his own team's preparedness for such a tough physical conference game. And let's not forget the standout performances from Seton Hall. Kadari Richmond put up 23 points and had eight steals, while Dre Davis added 17 points. It was a team effort that paid off. Absolutely. And this win extends Seton Hall's winning streak to three games. Meanwhile, it breaks a three-game winning streak for the Huskies. Their last loss was against Kansas. Yes, and it's worth noting that this victory for Seton Hall isn't a one-off. They've had some impressive wins in the past, like when they beat Butler in 2020 and Villanova twice when they were ranked third. And Holloway seems optimistic about the team's future. He believes they can still improve, despite some losses in the non-conference part of the season. That's the spirit, isn't it? But let's not forget, UConn played without their starting center, Donovan Klingon, for the last 16 minutes. He had to leave due to a sprained ankle. True, and his status remains uncertain for now. Hurley was pretty candid about his team's performance, calling it embarrassing, especially their defensive play. Well, they'll need to regroup quickly. But on the other side, Seton Hall just played their game, focusing on defense, and it paid off. They limited UConn from long range and just brought a tenacity to the court. And let's not forget Jaden Bediako's contribution with 10 points, 9 rebounds, and 3 blocks, plus Alamir Dawes added 11 points. It was a team effort indeed. Absolutely. UConn, on the other hand, had a season-high 17 turnovers and a season-low point total. It's clear they have some work to do. No doubt about that. And with Seton Hall shooting over 50% from the field, they're proving to be a force to reckon with 
in the Big East Conference. While we revel in the victories and lessons from the Big East Conference, we're reminded that the world of sports isn't always about triumphs and losses on the field. Sometimes it's about the devastating realities that teams face off the court. We're shifting our focus to a heartbreaking incident that has impacted the football community deeply. Switching gears to a rather tragic event, Helena, there's been a devastating incident involving Algerian League One side Mouloudia El Bayad. A bus crash late Wednesday night claimed the lives of two team members. Yes, it's indeed a heartbreaking news. The victims are reported to be the team's goalkeeper, Zakaria Bouziani, and assistant coach, Khalid Mufta. Our thoughts are with their families and the entire team at this difficult time. Absolutely, Helena. Buziani, although a stand-in, had made two league appearances this season. The team was on its way to a game when the bus overturned in the town of Sugur, northwestern Algeria. The club has reported that the other injured members are in stable condition. Indeed, they were heading to Tiziuzu to face JSK Kabili in a league game. The entire nation is mourning this loss. The Algerian Football Federation has decided to suspend all football activities for the week across the country. Not just that, they've also postponed the draw ceremony for the 32nd and 16th rounds of the Algerian Cup. It's a clear sign of the deep impact this tragic event has had on the entire football community in the country. Absolutely, Stephen. Algerian President Abdelmajid Taboun expressed his great pain and sorrow over the tragedy offering condolences to the victims' families. The whole nation is sharing in this grief. It's a stark reminder of the risks these athletes and their teams take every time they hit the road. El Bayad, currently sixth in the Algerian league table, will no doubt feel the impact of this loss on and off the field for some time to come. Indeed, Stephen. This is a tragic event that extends beyond the realm of sports. Our hearts go out to all those affected by this devastating incident. 